Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Put on the part two of this CD, page 30. October the 22nd, 2022. Oh, 
Precious Jesus, save your friends. 
We're repeating those words. Cut that segment and paste it on there. Let's make a longer ending, a double Good idea. segment. Yeah. Maybe even paste it on there twice. You can do that. Roll long and extend it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Brother Gerald was going to take care of that for us. And man, I can't do without him. It was good to see Victoria in Nigeria and Edward in Scotland and everybody else who is joining us all around the world that have committed themselves unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That they choose to follow God first today. Not football, not party down the street, not money and employment, not school and education. Not the pursuits of this world, but the commandments of the Lord, his love, and to pay attention to our Heavenly Father. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. Thank you, Brother Gerald, for the sound effects. Welcome. Oh, Lord, give me energy, Father God. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day of rest and worship. Thank you, Lord, for this day of fellowship and gathering together. Thank you for every person that has committed to you. Lord, we ask you, Father, to touch us and anoint us for this service, touch our minds, bodies, hearts, spirits, and souls for this fellowship and for this worship. Please help us to understand you better. Please help us to understand the scriptures better and your will. Please help us, Lord, to hear and recognize your voice better. Please help us to obey you better and more fully. Please help us to become complete in you, be spiritually minded, and to walk in your spirit at all times. These things are not impossible. We look upon you more and more deeply. And we shall be transformed into your image. Praise your holy name. Nothing is impossible with you. We ask, Lord, that you help people within this congregation worldwide to not limit your ability of what you can do in their lives, their employment, their jobs, their careers, their finances, their health, that they would stop limiting what you could do, that they would trust you, believe in you, and do their part. We ask you, Lord Father, to realign our hearts and our minds, words and actions. 
be more pleasing to you, not to the world, not to traditional doctrine, and not to legalism, not to false doctrine, but to you and your perfect will. So help us, God. Save us and deliver us. You are our God, and we are your people. So be it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Good to see brother Kareem and Sister Fiona in Jamaica and others around the world as they tune in. Praise God. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. I do want you to get a light bulb in here before next seventh day. Even if we have to beg for money in the streets, we need a light bulb right there. Ephesians chapter 5. It's 208 if you have paperback. And I'm hoping that we'll have an updated paperback edition of the Bible released within the next two months or less, I hope, because I've been making a lot of changes. And the most recent change I made just the other day is not something you're going to see in this chapter, but uh, over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and a few other places in the Bible, where you see the word amen quite often, and amen, amen, doubled when Jesus said, amen, I say unto you. And in the book of John, he said, amen, amen, twice, I say unto you. So I've changed that in the PDF a few days ago. Instead of saying amen, I say to you, it now says uh, something like, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Because that is what that means. When it says amen, I say to you, the best translation we can get of that is, I tell you the truth. People have lost the meaning of the word amen. So it is important that I change that to where it's the most understood in today's vocabulary for all people, both new and old, to the ministry and to the truth. And then when he says the double amen, 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 I say to you, then that is more emphasis to the truth. So it's not just simply, I tell you the truth, but it's more emphasis. So I believe I translated that something like, uh, truthfully, I tell you the absolute truth. You can double check. 
in the PDF, the latest version. And I'm going to do some more edits over this next week and try to get as many uh, necessary changes done quickly as possible and uh, update the paperbacks. And then pray uh, that the money will be provided uh, to send free copies to everybody that has the paperbacks. Uh, and like I said, we should not limit God. Amen. God can do anything. If we pray and believe, then we'll receive. Amen. Praise God. And then we have the men's book that still needs to be done. And then we have the, the surprise book that still needs to be done. So there's a lot of work to do. And we need more helpers, more laborers, Amen. more workers. Amen. There's so many other projects besides the books, uh, besides the AOB Bible and the books and the website. There's so much to do. Amen. It's very overwhelming at times. And I'm much older now than what I used to be, so I don't have as much energy. Uh, and then we also have to make money. It uses up and wastes a lot of our time instead of working on the ministry. But we have to make money in order to pay for the ministry. We have to. It's a necessity of life. So... It is what it is, and we keep pushing forward. So, today, our topic is going to be about exposing and rebuking darkness. Exposing and Rebuking Darkness is the title of today's sermon. Exposing and Rebuking Darkness. October 22, 2022. Ephesians 5, verse 5. For this you know for sure, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance. None of these have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and the earth. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of Theos comes upon the sons of disobedience. For the brand new people, I know people get tired of hearing me say this, but for the brand new people, the word Theos here in Greek is a word that Paul used for God instead of the English German word God. And the people, so called Bible scholars and pastors and people that speak Greek today, they would say it's not Theos, but Theos. But my own personal research into the ancient languages has led me to believe that the traditional pronunciation of that Greek word is incorrect. But rather, it is Theos. I mean, Theos, despite the traditional teaching. Theo, referring back to Alpha, the word V, at one time, in ancient history at one time, the Alpha and V was interchangeable. 
and then O referring to the capital O, the long O, the big O, that we know as omega. You put that together, it's COs, CO, and the S showing a masculine uh, personality. And so it means alpha and omega. And it originally did not refer to the pagan gods at all. But originally referred only to the true the alpha and the omega. So that's not what my own personal research has shown. So it means God. And it's okay to say God. I've looked at that. It's not pagan despite what some people claim. I have seen no proof, and I've looked at it more than once, more than twice, and have seen absolutely no proof of the claim that, that Theos is pagan or that God is pagan. Neither one is pagan. So Paul says here he is writing a letter to the church at Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. It's because the population, the citizens of the town Ephesus were called the Ephesian people. So Paul is writing a letter to the church, the congregation at Ephesus, and he says that the wrath of God, the anger of God, comes upon the sons of disobedience. God's anger is something that is not often spoken of in the traditional Babylonian churches. And I know it's Babylon, Babylonian, but I also believe that God is much more in control of things than what we realize, and that even though it's Babylon, that there's a reason it is spelled Babylon. That is what I believe. So I would say Babylonian, and I will also say Babylonian, that the anger of God is not spoken very often about in the baby churches, the weak and mature churches. Their image of God and their image of Jesus is basically what I would call a wimp, a weakling, uh, that is only mercy and grace and faith and belief, but no judgment and no chastisement or very little of it. But Paul warns that there is the anger of God, not just the love, mercy, and grace of God, but also the anger of God that will come upon the people of disobedience. Amen. But that word disobedience in itself tells us that we must obey. Amen? That there is something to obey. That it's not just faith. That it's not just believing. Even though they say all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is have faith. But there is also the matter of obedience versus disobedience. Right there, that tells us this, as well as many other verses. Amen? Verse 7, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Paul did not say, don't worry about it, just believe. But rather, Paul says, don't do as they do, as those people that disobey God. Don't do as they do. Do not partake. That means do not capacitate, do not be involved in their disobedience. 
And then verse 8, 4, or because, you were formerly or previously darkness. We were. All of us at one time were in darkness previously. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Therefore, walk as children of light. In other words, do not walk as children of the night, as it says in another place, in another place where Paul wrote somewhere in the Bible. He says, do not walk in the night, basically, spiritually. If you think about children of the night versus children of the day, most crime is committed at night. Rape, burglaries, murders, and fights. A lot of the people are overly drunk, doing marijuana, illegal drugs, breaking into buildings at night, houses and businesses. A lot of evil, child sacrifice, human sacrifice, Halloween activities, trick-or-treating, a lot of evil in this world is at night. New Year's Eve, being at night, at midnight, in the middle of the night, which is part of the Christmas activity. New Year's Eve is part of Christmas, part of the 12 days of Christmas, which not participate in the New Year's Eve pagan, because that is part of the 12 days of Christmas. They're closely and absolutely connected. Um, Christmas Eve at night, and the list goes on and on and on. And even the sunset to sunset, waning of the day starts at night. You see a pattern there. Now, of course, it's not saying that uh, we can't do anything at night, but rather it's saying that most sin, a lot of sin, is committed at night and that we should be people of light, a different pattern of life, a different lifestyle. It's not saying you can't go out at night and enjoy yourself at a restaurant or a nightclub, it's not saying you can't do that. But you must behave yourself. Be careful about where you go, what particular nightclub you visit, what particular people you hang out with, what particular people that you're willing to associate with. That's what makes it right or wrong. Not where you're at necessarily, but what you're doing at that time. Amen. Verse 9, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord. So there's a comparison here between what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. The problem, though, is that a lot of traditional Christians don't know what is truly acceptable and what's not truly not acceptable. 
because your religious leaders that have taught the people are religious Pharisees, just as it was in Jesus' time when he walked on the earth in the flesh. His number one enemy, the most the people that gave Jesus the most trouble, was not the sinners, supposedly, you know, the normal lost people, but rather the other sinners, the religious sinners, the religious people, the religious rulers, the pastors of his time. Those were the people that gave Jesus and the disciples and the apostles and the prophets the most trouble were the religious people, not the non-religious. And it is the same today. So as we speak about exposing darkness and rebuking darkness, we must also remember that we are to keep our mouth shut until we are mature enough in the truth and really, really, really know what's true and what's not true and what is acceptable and what's not acceptable to God and what really is sin and what's not sin. And that does take time to come out of Babylon, legalism, to come out of the mentality of the Pharisees where everything is a sin, it takes time. So as we are first baptized into Jesus, into his truth, we need to give ourselves time to learn and to grow before we start teaching other people and before we start rebuking darkness. I think of a scripture in the Bible where The disciples have tried to cast out a devil, and it didn't work. Even though they were true men of God, I believe it was Jesus that, that warned them about such, or maybe it was Paul that warned about such, either way, that, and it may be the same passage, or maybe it's a different passage, but a demon actually said, we know who Jesus is. Maybe it said, we know who Paul is. But who are you? So we have to have a certain level of knowledge and understanding, correct doctrine, and the measure of the Holy Ghost, and the calling to do certain things. There's a lot of Christians out there, so-called, that think that just because they're saved, so-called, supposedly saved, that just because they're saved, that they, that they can do anything that they can lay hands on the sick, that they can cast out devils, or that we should be able to do all these things. But the reality is that not every Christian is called to do all the different gifts of the Spirit. There's different gifts of the Spirit, one of them being healing as a specific gift, and another one being tongues, 
another one being interpretation of tongues, another one being miracles, and so forth. And each person has a different gift. Just because you are a Christian and just because you are saved doesn't mean you have all 10 or all 20 or all 100 gifts and are able to do all those things. Each person has their own calling and their own gifts. So as we speak about rebuking and exposing darkness, you have to also remember that a baby does not have the power yet or the maturity yet to go up against a fight against a demon. Amen? A baby does not yet have the maturity and the strength, spiritual strength, to go up against a raging monster. So you have to give yourself time. Now, but let's move forward here. So we have to prove what's susceptible to God. That takes time. And do not propitiate, verse 11, do not propitiate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead even rebuke them. Even rebuke them. Not only should we not propitiate in Halloween and other forms of darkness, but also we should rebuke Halloween and all the images thereof and speak out against such a man. Let's consider other verses as well. We could read all the way down to verse 17. I guess that's what I had written down. Let's just keep reading then. Verse 12, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them, by the wicked people in secret. For all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, and everything becomes visible is light. For this reason, he says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. So we got to understand what the will of the Lord is before we need to be rebuking and exposing. Amen? The process. Let's go over to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Chapter 4, page 229. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I solemnly charge you. What does it mean? I solemnly do this. It means I'm doing this in a very serious manner. That this is something that is serious in the mind of Paul as he is writing Timothy. A lot of people think Timothy wrote the book of Timothy. That's not correct. Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. And Timothy, by this time, is a pastor of a congregation. And Paul is older than Timothy. And 
we believe that Paul is responsible for Timothy uh, conversion and salvation, and that Paul is a mentor to Timothy and is teaching Timothy how to run the church, how to be a good pastor, how to be a good leader, and how to exercise authority in the church. So that is the background and the context. So Paul tells Timothy that this is something serious in his mind, in Paul's mind. And I charge you, or I, I put this responsibility to you. That's what that means. I'm putting this to your charge. I, I, I want you to do this as serious, and I'm not joking around about it. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and, and his kingdom, that you are to preach the word and be ready in season and out of season at all times and reprove and rebuke and exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have the ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss. But you, Timothy, be sensible in all things. Endure hardship and do the work of the evangelist and fulfill your ministry. That is what Paul says specifically to Timothy. Whereas the book of Ephesus, he was writing to a whole congregation or perhaps to the pastor of that congregation. But here, specifically to Timothy. And Paul is encouraging Timothy to fulfill his destiny and to fulfill his duties and responsibilities as a creature of Christ. Amen. Now, even though verse 2 says to do all these things with great patience, it also includes rebuking and reproving. Which means that the patience that he mentions in the same verse has a limit to it. Amen? How can you have both patience and rebuke at the same time? You really can't. The patience has a limit to it. Amen. Even though the Bible does speak about long-suffering, which means patience that is longer and longer and longer, there's even a limit to that because you can only long-suffer or endure uh, much, much, much patience only until a certain amount of time, even as God has a limit to his patience. If God has a limit to his patience, which of course he does throughout the Bible, then, should, then shouldn't we also have a limit to our patience? But the baby lawn church teaches us, and many of the Christians and the many people that have come and gone through this ministry, 
think that my patients and your patients should be without limits. Amen? That is their mentality because that's the way they've been taught and trained, not only by uh, the Babylonian churches, but by society itself, that your patients should be without limit. Love, 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 mercy, 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 grace, 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 grace. And this is one of the reasons that I have stopped talking, for the most part, to one of you. Because every time that I have exercised a certain amount of patience and then reached my limit, the person had to speak up against me as if I should, as if my patient should be without limit and second-guessing me on that all the time. And that's the only time they did speak up. They never spoke up except for only when they had to point out that they thought that my patients should be without limit. That's the only time they would speak up and no other time always wanting to call me out. That's why I stopped talking to them. Because that's not what I need in that. I need support in my decisions. I believe that my patience is a very long-suffering many times. But not always, because there is a time for a short degree of patience at times with certain people, every situation being different. Every person is different. Every situation is different. Therefore, we should not treat every situation the same because every situation is different. Amen. But people think that we should treat every situation the same. And that's not realistic. That's fantasy. That's, that's childish thinking, childish fantasy, to think that we should treat every situation the same. You can't. Amen. There is a time for rebuke. So we see both in Ephesians 5 and in 2 Timothy 4, both places speak of a time of rebuke. It's mostly the job of the church administration, the male leadership, to rebuke people. It is mostly the job of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers of the church, the male leadership. It is mostly their job to rebuke people, especially when we're talking about strangers, people that are not part of our own family, people that are not part of our own personal relationships, It is the church administration that is responsible for evangelism of the world of strangers, 
because not every person is called to be a preacher. Not every person is called to be an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher of men or a teacher of the world, of the public. But most Christians think that as soon as they are saved, or even before they're saved, as they're just coming into the truth, that they've got to immediately go out there and evangelize everyone. That's just not so, because we're not all called to be teachers or evangelists. As there's an old saying, uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Brittany, is that how it goes? Huh? They both say something like that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be a pastor. Everybody wants to be an apostle. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Everybody wants to be a prophetess. Everybody wants to be on the church council. Everybody wants to be a leader. But we need people who are members of the congregation. We need people on both sides of the pulpit. Not everybody can be on this side of the pulpit where I'm standing right now. We need people on the other side of the pulpit. Amen. Everybody has a different gift, and we are not all gifted to be teachers. I just told somebody this the other day, somebody that's been trying to teach and lead other people, but yet this person has absolutely no communication skills at all. None. How can that person lead and teach several people, as they have been trying to do, a whole group of people, without any communication skills? Impossible. But that's what they've been trying to do. You have to have communication skills to be a leader, to be a teacher. So it is a real problem. I understand when people learn the truth that they gain a passion, a zeal for wanting to share the truth. But the way you share the truth rather than pretending to be a teacher is you share the links to the ministry website. Everybody is responsible for a certain level of evangelism, especially within their own family, their own friends, people within your own group at home. Yes, you're responsible for sharing the truth with the world. Yes, you are. But if you're not called to be a teacher, which most people are not called to be a teacher, then the way you should do this with a zeal, with a passion, is to share the ministry website links rather than rather than starting your own group starting your own telegram group starting your own whatsapp group starting your own book writing your own but everybody thinks they are an author i've seen this over and over and over 
Everybody thinks they're an author. Everybody thinks they can write a book. And even if you could, the question is, are you called to do it? The difference between ability and the calling. So everybody, I understand, wanted to be passionate and wanted to do things for the Lord. But we have to ask, what is the acceptable will of the Lord, as it said twice? We have to understand what the will of the Lord is and follow his will and not our own will. Amen? We're supposed to be denying ourselves, crucifying ourselves, but we're doing the opposite of that when we think that we're a teacher, or we're an author, we're a prophetess, we're a pastor, we're an apostle, we're a prophet, we're in the leadership, when we're not. It's pride. It's pride. And some people would never be part of the church unless they can be a leader, even though they're not called to be a leader. Because of their pride, that's the way it must be. They cannot humble themselves. And some people cannot learn because of their pride of what they think that they already know. Stubborn, 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 hard-headed, hard-headed, hard-headed. They cannot possibly be wrong. And yet they want to teach me, even though they're not called to teach, even though that Christine is a woman who has had false visions multiple times and thinks that she has the power to discern what verses in the Bible that she can just throw away at her own will. Left and right. Well, that verse, I don't like it. Let's burn it to the ground. Well, that verse, I don't like. Let's burn it to the ground. That's her mentality. Pick and choose what Bible verses she don't like and just burn these Bible verses up and say they, should, they don't belong. Left and right, left and right, every page. This don't belong. This don't belong. That's crazy. Where is that sound effect right here? Amen. Yeah, adjust the settings on here to where I don't have to enter my password. You can't just pick and choose what Bible verses you don't like and say they don't belong there. You have to have evidence. You have to have proof. You have to have something documented in history that it was quoted a different way in a certain century or prove by scripture that it contradicts scripture you can't just choose to believe it don't belong there you have to have some type of evidence but people that don't have common sense that don't have logic that don't have the holy ghost wanting to be a teacher and wanting to be a prophetess, thinking that they are saved when they are not, trying to lead me and teach me to destruction and hell. Amen? Trying to drag me to death and destruction and false doctrine because they're so full of pride they cannot humble themselves to admit that they need to be taught first. Amen.
even as it says somewhere in the Bible, that by now, you ought to be teachers, some of them, some of the people ought to be teachers, but yet, they still need to be taught. But you can't really be a teacher unless you are taught. Amen. Even a teacher must first learn. Amen. Amen. Even a person that is truly called to preach and to teach and to be a leader and to be part of the administration, even those people must first learn to humble themselves and to sit on the back row of the church and to sit and to keep their mouth shut, to humble themselves and to learn. Before you can be a leader, you must first learn to be a servant. Before you can be a master, you must first learn to be a slave. I sit on the back row of the church, kept my mouth shut, even though I knew more than they did about many things. And I sat there and humbled myself and learned what I could. And it took time. It took time. It's not done in one week or one month. It's not even done in one year. But people think that they can just immediately, automatically jump into a leadership position or a teaching position so quickly. So, so quickly. And even though it's possible with a special anointing from God, it's rare and it would require a special calling to go into the ministry so quickly and so early and so young. So I didn't mean to say most of this, but rather it's God speaking through me. I didn't plan most of this. I didn't think about most of this. It's just coming out because that's what I'm supposed to do is to stand here and just let God speak through me and just be a willing vessel of the Lord. Amen. And I hope that somehow, some way that we can get some of this information I have been speaking about written into the notes for the people that need it. Amen. That not everybody is called to be a teacher or a leader. And that such people need both the skills and the calling. And that it takes time. And that to be a leader, a person must first learn to be a listener. Amen? To be a teacher and a speaker, a professional speaker must first be a professional listener. Amen? Praise God. Let's go over to the book of Isaiah now. Isaiah 58 in the book of Prophets. Isaiah 58, page 42, volume number 4 in the book of Prophets, the Alpha and Omega Bible. 
the restoration of the original scriptures. Alpha and Omega Bible, restoration of the original scriptures, Isaiah 58, verse 1, page 42. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. That word cry there doesn't mean to weep or to tear up in your eyes. So I think we should translate it different somehow, some way. It means basically to shout, shout aloud or something like that. And, and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people, to my people, their sins, to the Christians, to the followers of Christ, to the church, to the congregation, to Israel, and to the house of Jacob, to Israel, their iniquities, their sins. So this isn't preaching to the people outside of the church, although we do that as well, of course, to, to get the lost people to come to God. But this particular verse is specific to preaching to the church themselves, who think they are saved but really aren't. The people that really are part of the tribe, part of the congregation, have a membership in the church, have been baptized, but they continue to have iniquity. They continue to have sin. So this is really uh, either Isaiah or God saying that the preachers should be what they call, uh, there's a phrase, of stepping on the toes. Basically hurting your feelings. Not in a way of um, a bad person hurting somebody's feelings, but rather in the way of a good person hurting somebody's feelings. Amen? As we say today, uh, suck it up, buttercup. Amen? I believe that was the uh, female coach of the North Carolina basketball team, um, Pat, somebody, when she was alive, she said, suck it up, buttercup. And then also we talked about snowflakes today. The word snowflakes being a term, a phrase, a word referring to the liberals, uh, weak people. Young people, millennials, people uh, in their teenage years and in their 20s and 30s that are not yet grown up enough to know the reality of life. We call them snowflakes because they are weak, as a snowflake easily will melt in the sunshine and in the warmth. So, 
people should not be so easily offended. It's okay for a good person to offend you and to give you criticism, even harsh criticism, especially man to man, especially man to man. Harsh criticism to be more tolerable, more easily accepted, more easily embraced, not so easily offended. Because men typically should have a harder mind frame, masculinity. Women typically, generally, generally speaking, women are of a weaker mentality of emotions, wearing their emotions on their sleeves, as the phrase, as the proverb goes, way of saying things. Women wear their emotions on their sleeve outwardly, melting more easily, being more emotional more easily to cry or more easily to get upset, more easily to get offended. Whereas men should, by nature, by God's design, and both of these are by God's design, characteristics of men, characteristics of women, in comparison to one another, by design, by God's creation of the hormones within each and every one of us, men should be able to take more criticism and harsher words. But as we, every one of us, both male and female, lose as our flesh is decaying day by day and we are being transformed into the image of Christ, that even the females within the church should be building up, as the Bible says somewhere, a forehead of flint, which means a tougher mentality, not being as easily offended. The women in the church, the true church, truly saved women, should become while still maintaining a certain level of being feminine, being soft, softer than men, of course, not losing all of their female characteristics, while maintaining being softer than men. At the same time, this is a proper balance that they must learn, should be growing in the ability to take criticism without crying and without being upset, getting upset. Amen. Because our flesh is decaying. That would be even the female hormones, even the female human body parts that were becoming less female, less feminine, and more spirit rather than flesh, less controlled by hormones, 
more controlled by Christ. Because even the women in the kingdom of God, all of us are to be kings and queens, rulers and leaders in the kingdom. We're all being groomed for leadership. Even the women will, in the kingdom, receive a city, a land, a state, a nation, a world, a planet, a solar system, a galaxy, whatever the reward might be, and to rule that part of God's kingdom in the universe of tomorrow, the last great day, the eighth day of eternity. So even women must learn some responsibility and leadership role and not be overly soft, such as the girls that wear cosmetics, toenail polish and fingernail polish and all that and never get their hands dirty and stuff like that as being too soft. That's a degree of, of being feminine that is not natural. That's not natural for a girl to be so soft that never get her fingers dirty, too worried, too way too obsessed about breaking her fingernails, way too obsessed about her fingernails being so beautiful and pretty and painted pink, purple or black. Oh, look at my beautiful toenails. Look at my beautiful pinky. Look at my beautiful feet. Oh, I want to slip my feet into this glass crystal. That's too soft and it's not natural. That's not a natural level of mentality. Is that how you would say it? Femininity? Femininity. Not natural. So, we need to, all of us, mature and become stronger, and, and mentally stronger. All of us need to become mentally stronger. This verse speaks of the male leadership in the church being very vocal, and not worried, because it says spare not, not worried that the male leadership in the church should not be overly worried about offending people. Even the babies in the church, even the brand new, newly born Christians that just got baptized, the male leadership of the church should not be overly concerned and overly worried about offending the new babies in Christ because the reality is time is short and I cannot always pathify people. I cannot always give everybody a pathfister, uh, uh, a baby nipple, nipple to suck on. I have to be stronger in my vocabulary, stronger in my passion, stronger in my teachings, stronger in my rebuke, stronger in my chastisement, stronger in my criticism than other pastors. 
because of my position of not just being pastor, but also being apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor and teacher because I have all of those offices, even as Paul did, that I must be more firm, more strong in the criticism because of those offices and because of the time that we live in, the situations that I have to deal with, and the fact that I'm older now. And when people get older, they get grumpy. Amen? Amen. And they have reason, as many old wise people have told me repeatedly over the years, and they were absolutely right, that this particular old person, the old people in general, they have a right to get grumpy. Amen. They do. They lived it. They've been through hell and back. They're in pain. They're older. And they're sick and tired of the nonsense. They have a right to be grumpy. Been told that by several different old wise people, and they were right. Amen. As a person gets older and older, they have more right to be grumpy and to say it just the way it is. And I always admired that, and everybody else admired that, and my grandmother, that she would say it the way it is, even as a female. And But she was a leader of our household and our spirituality. There are exceptions in the world. I had to have some kind of leadership. I never got it from any man anywhere in my childhood. I had to have somebody give me some kind of a spiritual direction and leadership, firmness, amen, appropriate firmness. But God is good. Amen. Open up these blinds here. More light. Rebuking, rebuking people is not fun. It's not enjoyable for either side. For either side, the person rebuking and the person being rebuked. It's not enjoyable for either person. But it is a necessary part of life. It really is. Loving suffering and gentleness has its place and its time. But there is also a time and a place for harsh rebuke and harsh criticism. Soft, gentle counseling is not always the best approach. Even though some people, many people, most people, most Christians, think that gentle, soft counseling is always the best approach to begin with. But there are exceptions. There are times when the situation calls for immediate harsh criticism and immediate harsh rebuke. For example, you can tell 
when somebody's reaction to the truth is demonic. Not just simple rejection of the truth, not just simple misunderstanding or ignorance, but there are times that a person's reaction to God's word is demonic. And when you are faced with a demon, don't lay down, don't apologize, don't be gentle, don't be patient. When you are faced with a demonic entity, which many times we are, it is time for immediate harsh fight. There's a time to fight. And now. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to push away. There's time for everything under the sun. People need to understand that I'm not new at this. I'm not new at this at all. I'm not a young dude anymore. Been around a while. I've been to hell and back many times, basically, spiritually speaking. People need to understand, I know what I'm doing. I am not new to any of this. People must be tested by God and by the church leadership. People must be tested. As I said recently, we need more people like Brother AJ in Korea, Brother Gerald here locally, who have been thoroughly tested and pushed and criticized We've had our arguments, but they were not willing to be pushed away. They were not willing to fall away. They were not willing to give up, but to persevere and to push forward. I could say that even about Victoria as well in Nigeria. We need more people like this. I can say this really about all the people that have endured all the testing and have endured all the long sermons. Amen. Praise God. I can say about this also about our brothers and sisters in Jamaica. Amen. And meekness in Zimbabwe. And Ehub and Moses in Nigeria. These are people that have endured testing and criticism. People must be tested. God, need, God needs to know, and I need to know, and the church leadership needs to know, and the entire church needs to know who we can count on in time of war. Who can we count on in time of tribulation? 
Who can we count on that will not snitch on us and will not report us to the Assad police, the Antichrist police, the Halal police, the Mark of the Beast police, the Pope police, the Catholic Church police, the Baptist Church police, the New World Order soldiers? We need to know who really are our brothers and sisters that we can count on and depend on, who are our true family, we need to know. And we will not know without much testing. That's the reality. That's the reality that comes from age, Life, years, trials, tribulations that I have been through, not being a young dude anymore, knowing what I'm talking about. Amen. As I have said many times before, the Bible says more than once that we are the army of the Lord. And an army that does not fight, an army that gives up too easy, an army that is a wimp, an army that remains a baby, stays a baby, is not worthy of the title of being the army of the Lord. And they are not worthy of being the bride of the Lord because the bride is the army. Check it out, Revelation 19, the bride is the army. Zechariah 14, the bride is the army. Book of Daniel, the bride is the army. So the bride, even though female, even though soft, must toughen up, buttercup. Amen. Part of that is getting rid of the legalism of thinking that everything is a sin and you can't do nothing. And even though it is mostly the church leadership responsibility to rebuke and to evangelize and to teach we are also, each and every one of us, held accountable for witnessing to our own families. Every man is the pastor of his own family, underneath his pastor. Amen. And even the women witnessing, sharing the links, not writing your own articles, not writing your own books, not making your own sermons. But sharing the links and sharing the flyers and the gospel tracts that I wrote, sharing those to your families and your friends, that is how a woman witnesses to her own husband, her brothers, her uncles, her nephews, and the women folk. Just sharing. Just sharing. That's not teaching. It's just sharing. There's nothing wrong with that.
I have a couple of reminders, but that is the conclusion of the sermon, believe it or not, that early. Praise God. I hear shouts all across the world. Oh, the sermon is finished. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Before I give the reminders, I'll go ahead and open up the chat room right now for the people that are registered and signed in to the Mixler website or app. Now, if anybody has any questions about anything I have said today on topic, anything that I have said today, please feel free to go ahead and start typing into the chat room right now while Brother Gerald, he, oh, he has a song yeah. today. It might wake you up. Good. Praise God. So Brother Gerald is going to come up here and sing it as a song for special music. And the podium is yours. Yeah, you can turn to page 17 in the song, but... Page 17, everyone. I saw the light. I saw the light. Yeah. <sighs> you want a CD or... No. No. I can't play the piano, but I can kind of, Praise Jesus, I saw the light. 
Praise Jesus, I thought, why? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Praise God. And Brother Drill, he likes the fast tempo. And that's good. And if you're a guitarist or a pianist, you're welcome to participate. Yeah. I can't do it all by myself. Amen. Let's pray for somebody to play the keyboard, somebody to bring a guitar. Let everybody pray for that as well and for more people to have that boldness that he just did to just do something for the Lord. Amen. All right. I don't see anything in the chat room as far as what I can see. Uh, Brother George, you got anything else? Um. Oh, um, that was, that was, I saw the light. Okay. It was just a faster version of I saw the light. Okay. What else? There's a, a lot of dark, a lot of darkness and things that people are um, are um, obsessed with as hobbies, even stuff that even stuff that they don't realize, stuff that I didn't realize, even after being saved shortly. There's a lot of stuff like the horror movies that's obvious, and there's also stuff like the. Um, like video games especially, they aren't just a waste of time and money, but a lot of them are actively demonic, extremely demonic. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, Japanese anime, the pot, all this child that's immature and rebellious stuff. And the, the fantasy, the wizards, the sorcerers, all that stuff. Right. Amen. And people don't see it always. Right. So he brings up the absolute truth that among the darkness that needs to be exposed and rebuked is, you know, of course, Halloween, horror movies, uh, a lot of the video games. We're not saying every video game that's out there, but a lot of the video games, a very large percentage of the video games uh, are demonic, as well as, well as being uh, a waste of our time and money, but also being demonic. And... Uh, a lot of the fantasy books and fantasy movies, a lot of the sci-fi, a lot of the stuff that a lot of people don't see yet because they don't have the discernment of the Holy Ghost yet, and it takes time to learn, and it takes time to grow in the measure of the Holy Ghost, and it takes time to crucify the old self uh, and the world the lost people are not crucifying themselves. They're not willing to gain discernment, and they're not willing to see the truth, and they don't want the truth, but rather they take pleasure, as the Bible says, they take pleasure in darkness. They take pleasure in wickedness. So people are taking pleasure 
and the horror movies and witchcraft and the wizards and the witches. There's no such thing as a good witch. There's no such thing as a good wizard because a wizard is a witch, warlock. There's no good thing. There's no such thing as good witchcraft or good magic. Everything either comes from God or Satan. And if the pie is not from God, then it's from Satan. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. And we need to, every one of us, be praying that God would reveal to us individually, each one of us, what we might be participating in, reading or watching or doing as a hobby, what we are doing with our time that might not truly be acceptable to God. So for him to open our eyes and just show us the way he sees things. He does not see things we, the way we see them. So we all need to be praying that he give us his eyes, his ears, his mind, his way of looking at things, and to show us if there's anything in our life, games, movies, books, or anything, music, anything that we are idolizing that we should not, or participating in or allowing into our eye gates or ear gates that we should not. Show me, Lord. Show me, please. Amen. And Halloween is something that definitely needs to be exposed with our families and friends. And depending on the reaction, how they react when we share them this truth. We could either long suffer and continue to have patience, or we can have an immediate rebuke depending on the situation, because every situation is different, depending on their reaction and their attitude when we share them the truth. Anything else? We do have worship services. Wednesday, Wednesday, October the 26th, is the first day of the eighth biblical month. First day of the eighth biblical month, Wednesday, October 26th, 11 o'clock in the morning, as we always do, 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Time Zone. So I'm going to see you Wednesday. And also, please remember to be fasting at some time on or before Halloween. We are fasting for Jesus to please make a way of escape for someone who would be in danger of being a victim of a Halloween occult sacrifice or torture or kidnapping. And we'll also be fasting for our families and friends to come to the realization of how demonic Halloween really is and for those people to stop compromising with the demonic darkness. Very easy to see the demonic darkness in Halloween. Extremely, extremely easy to see the demonic darkness in horror movies. Very simple, logical, and easy for anybody that is willing to examine these things. Just open your eyes. It's so easy to see how extreme 
the darkness is in the horror movies and in Halloween. These things are very, very, very demonic. So if there's any time for rebuke, there's definitely a time for rebuke in relationship to uh, demonic activity. People that you tell them, do not bring Halloween stuff in my house, and they do it anyways, they deserve a harsh rebuke immediately. People that you say do not come to my house for Halloween trick-or-treating and they do it anyway, they deserve an immediate harsh rebuke. Amen. And people that would watch horror movies within your household, not only a rebuke, but take a hammer to that horror movie and destroy it. Amen. And that's even if you're the wife. The husband has already been told that horror movies are of the devil, and he continues to watch horror movies in the house. Even the wife should take a hammer to that computer, to that hard drive, to that video, to that TV, to that DVD, whatever it is, even a $1,000 computer, take a hammer and destroy it, even if it means divorce. People need to start standing up against such extreme darkness. Stand your ground for the light against the darkness of Halloween. If there was ever a time, it is now. Stand your ground for God. And be part of the army of the Lord and not a wimp and not afraid. Amen. Praise God. God bless all of those that are willing to accept the reality of what I have said today. Make sure there's any other questions written in here. Okay, nothing else. Okay. God bless. 10-4 and out. Amen.